0: As we remain standing, turn in your Bibles, please, to the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter number three. After Deuteronomy in the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. I'll read out loud. You read along with me silently, as is our custom here at the African Baptist Church. <coughs> Excuse me. Joshua, chapter number three, starting at verse number one. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim and came to Jordan he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the hosts. And they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about two thousand cubits of measurement, uh, come not near to it that ye may know the way. I'm sorry that ye may know the way by which ye must go, for ye have not passed this way heretofore. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Our text verse will be verse number five. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow. The Lord will do wonders among you. Father, thank you for the Bible. How wise of you, knowing the future, how many people would begin to trust and believe and teach feelings, dreams, angels, word of knowledge, when you gave us your word. No guesswork's right there. And all of it has to agree or something's wrong with our teaching and our understanding. So I pray, dear Lord, that we will tonight understand. I'm not sure we're drifting. I think we're going over a waterfalls. And we're in trouble. We as a people, maybe even we as a church, true Bible Baptist fundamentalism, our nation, God, we're in trouble. You already know this. This does not come as a surprise to you, but evidently it's going to come as a surprise to a lot of Christian people. I ask you to please wake us up, but help us to do our part in this before it is everlasting too late. Thank you for the folks, those that are watching, those that are homesick. I wish they could be here also. What a wonderful atmosphere that you have given us in our church tonight. Thank you so much for that. Please bless us and help us in Jesus' name, Amen. You may receive. Thank you. Joshua, chapter number three, verse number five. And Joshua said unto the people, "Sanctify yourselves." Let me, let me have this one here, Jordan. Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. I've been saved almost fifty-three years. That's a long time. 53 years, April the 15th, 1972. I've seen a lot of changes in fundamentalism. I've seen a lot of changes take place and a lot of things come attempting to, ready, change. Very important. Bible, Baptist, fundamentalism. A lot of things. Some of you that have been around a little longer, probably not as much as me, but you've been there and you know what I'm getting ready to talk about. I believe Bible... Baptist fundamentalism was at its zenith before most of you were born. The 50s through the 70s were the great days of fundamentalism. Fundamentalism means all the basic truths of the Bible. But then I said Bible, Baptist, fundamentalism. You have to understand, years ago, Satan tried to get true Baptist Bible believers and liberals to start getting along together. It's just something he tried to do. These, as we learn here in the book of Joshua, these, uh, or Nehemiah, these send ballots and, and Tobias and Geshem's, if you know that story there, what happens is they exhausted themselves in an effort to try to get Bible Baptist fundamentalists with liberals and worldly infidels. And thank God, at that time, again, before most of you were born, it didn't work. Most of them that tried that at all were kicked out of the churches. Out of the Baptist churches, had no business being there. They came in trying to deceive those that were in the congregation. And thank God for the preachers that stood up and said, "You have no business being here, and you need to leave." Now, today, we would think that's very rude and very mean. And look at all the Baptist churches that have changed. We find out here these were those who were nothing more than liberal hypocrites hiding underneath of fundamental terminologies. They would say things like, they say, we believe the Bible, but not every word. You see, in the original they would say, In the Greek and the Hebrew, and first of all, they didn't speak Greek, they didn't speak Hebrew, and nobody knows anything about the originals anymore, long gone. And yet we were impressed, and they deceived us by using such terminologies. They said they believed in a hell, but not an eternal hell, and certainly not one with fire. And they kept pressing with these kinds of statements. They spoke against sin and generalities, but not specifics. Now, we shouldn't sin, and they just kind of leave it at that and go on with life. They spoke of heaven, but there's not really a literal place. It's more like where our spirit will eventually go. And these are the things they tried to use. These were called neo-orthodox. What does that mean? Neo simply means correct doctrine, conformity to Christian faith. That sounds good, and that's right. Neo is the catch neo fundamentalists. Neo simply means new or modern form. So let me get this right. Neo-orthodoxy then would be new or modern form of the Christian faith. That sounds like an oxymoron all by itself. So what happened is back then, most Bible Baptist fundamentalists exposed them and ran them out from their congregations. They didn't put up with it. By the way, this is during the time when I got into fundamentalism.
1: Amen.
0: Amen. Satan countered with the deception to woo Baptists in an effort to get them to marry liberalism. He tried very hard. Remember, our our, our enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil. This subtle Cupid with his arrows shot fake love at us, trying to get us to understand. The way you preach, the way you act, the separation you say is necessary is not demonstrating the love of Christ at all. We were embarrassed. We became ashamed of our bold hatred for wrong and sin. We got embarrassed over that. It bothered us. People began to put pressure on their preachers to change. They told us that to believe what is right but to accept acceptability from everybody. First of all, that's impossible. New evangelical books started flooding the market to sway us. Example, they taught us that righteousness and justice meant little, and what was most important was love one another. You can't have proper love, true love, without truth. It's impossible. They directed Bible Baptist fundamentalists to questionable colleges. They started telling us that in order to be properly prepared, we need to experience both sides. As soon as I thought about that, I thought about Eve in the garden. You have to experience good and evil to have a proper life. We know how that turned out. They made us ashamed of proven terms like fundamentalism. Watch this. Shouting Baptists. That's why when preachers come, they're caught completely off guard by our church. This is dead. This doesn't happen anymore. Go to Baptist churches. We all stroke our two whiskers, sit back and try to impress everybody with how deep knowledge we have. And their churches are dying while they're delving deep into the word of God. We don't use the term Sunday school anymore. We have gatherings, support groups. Do you know where they get those terms from? The world and liberal churches. That's why we still have Sunday school. And don't don't you believe for a second some people haven't questioned me about that in this church or we're in this church. They're not here anymore. Mourners' bench. We don't hear that anymore get right with God. Hellfire damnation preachers. See, that's embarrassing to us because it sounds like we're ignorant and just all emotional and don't understand what we're talking about. So we've gotten embarrassed by that. Baptist churches. Like that's embarrassing. I'm a Baptist. I'm not a Catholic. I'm not a universalist. I am a Baptist. My Baptist heritage runs red and strong and true. The problem, it's muddy. waters have been muddied up by Baptists who keep claiming the name, but they're no longer living that way. I'm not one of those. I'm not going to be one of those. They appealed. They, then they appealed to our second, oh, King James Bible. Oh, you some of you come here before you came here, they already know about our church. You don't just believe the King James Bible, do you? Why not? See, we we feel illiterate to their intelligence, don't we? Because they bring up questionable things that, no, we just believe the King James Bible. Well, you see, the NIV... Is a better understandable Word of God. It's not the Word of God. The NIV isn't. The New King James isn't. International Version, they're not. None of them are. Listen to me very carefully. Listen to me very carefully. This is a King James Bible only church. I make no apology for it whatsoever. Now, you can either join in all the reindeer games. As far as I'm concerned, you can go someplace else. If I ever find out that you're teaching a Sunday school class on a bus or anyplace else out of anything other than a King James Bible, you're done. You say, that's not very Christian-like. I'm not trying to be like a Christian when you're trying to undermine the cause of Christ. They appealed to our second generation in an attempt to distance them, our, our kids, from their founding leaders, and from their own parents. They've taught them to basically look at their parents and their preacher, their education and their refinement. It's just not there. We here at this college, and we're taken with that. As soon as we hear education or degree, we are taken back. Now first of all, I'm not saying don't show respect. Respect's always right for a position. But when a person uses their position to be little and change a godly direction, I don't you know what you want. I personally don't care what you think. Because you're wrong and I'm right. So what happens is they tried to do this and assured us by doing this, if we would just change and become more educated and more refined, and then what we would do, we'd be able to get more of the world into our churches. It worked. They definitely got more of the world in our churches. And it hurts me to my heart that Baptist churches and young men who started churches are no longer living for God. They tried every new thing under the sun and it just kept going downhill. It never dawned on them their fundamental Bible Baptist background and belief was what was keeping them in place. They made a generation or two of Bible Baptist fundamentalists ashamed of their heritage. We're ashamed of our heritage. Clouded up what our forefathers said by ridiculing how they said it. I still get it. That's a little hard, preacher. First of all, I'd rather you never say that. It's all I can do to control myself, not to just slap you. Because you, whether you know it or not, what you're trying to say is, preacher, you need to change and calm down. Brother Hiles used to say about a young preacher. When a young preacher gets up and spits and stomps and slobbers all over the place and yells and screams and does those kinds of things, don't settle him down. As he gets older, he'll naturally settle down. You put out his fire now, he'll be dead by the time he's 30. You shouldn't do that. So quit raising your eyebrow and looking at him and shake your head. Don't you do that. You ought to be amening these guys when they preach as much as you would me. They need all the encouragement they can get to. Now, they ought to preach without the amens. But it's kind of nice. like saying sick them to a dog. Having an amen is just a nice thing to have. How they said it. And it worked for a while. It really did. It started having an effect. But soon, most of people saw through this man-made love. Wasn't a godly love. It was a man-made love. And we found out it was devilish. And then another new girl came along. But it was hard to tell. Is she loving us to right or is she seducing us to do wrong? Boy. It's a little confusing. You see, who are these people, these temptresses, if you would? Fundamental Baptist preachers becoming involved with lost outside, outsiders in secular. Endeavors. I am not for parachurch organizations. I am not going to hold hands with people who do not agree with all the fundamentals that I believe is right. I'm not going to do it. Can't do it. Not supposed to have fellowship with the works of darkness at all. Now, you think the works of darkness is what? Murder, drunkenness, shooting up? That's not all there is to it. Much more dangerous than that. That's easy to spot. Much more dangerous than that are those who come in sheep's clothing. Like we love people. Is your your preacher, does he normally get upset like this all the time? You all look at him and say, you you mind your business. Put him in their place and they'll back down. But as soon as they see you give in, buddy, you're in trouble. You see what happens here is this. This new girl may accomplish what liberals Liberals and neo-orthodox people and evangelicals. I'm not an evangelical. No, come on. Come on, Amen. Come on. No. I am an independent fundamental Amen. Baptist oh, yes, preacher. Oh, yes, I'm not a minister, I'm not a bishop. Yes, sir. Oh, yes. I understand those names are in the Bible, but by the connotation that they carry anymore, I'm not for it. It's just like I don't we don't do communion here. We do Lord's we do Lord's yes. supper. Yes. As soon as I hear the word communion, I think Lutherans, Catholics, and people like that. And I'm not going to do it. So we call Lord's Supper. You're welcome. Besides this, we all try to find, now that this new girl has shown up, for all the churches to find a common goal so we can all get along. I mean, just think what good we could do if we all started agreeing together. That sound good? Reminds me of the Tower of Babel. That was their idea. God said, no, I want you to split up and I want you to go to all parts of the world. You got that? God said that. Man always seems to have a better idea than God does. Yeah. So what did they say? You know something? Why don't we all just stay together, get along, and think what we could do? And by the way, man has done some pretty amazing things. Look at our cities, our roads. Why wow, we just landed a spacecraft on the moon. Oh, it fell over, but we, we did that. You need to understand. They used to try to unite us by saying, we're all God's children. First of all, no, we're not. No, we're not. Now, some of you may be hearing this for the first time. We're not all God. We're all God's creation. But you're not God's child if you're not born again. We're all God's children going to the same place. We're just going by different roads. Doesn't that sound good? Preachers, kind of like, well, coming to Columbus, and there's 23 and 71, and, and you come up 33. There's only one problem. We're not going to Columbus, we're going to heaven. Yes. And there's only one road there. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. By me. One way to heaven. It didn't fully work. Now many have fallen, for we're building the kingdom. For Christ to come back. See, we're trying to find a common. We're trying to find a uniting factor that, therefore, the Catholics and the Lutherans and the tongue speakers and the healers and the Baptists, we can all get behind this and do something that really, really would matter. And if you're not careful, you listen so much to the world and so much to this man-made love, you fell for it, and then you become offended over old guys like me setting the record straight. Yeah. Because I've got a bad attitude. Look, I've worked for 50 some years for a bad attitude and I'm not giving it up because you come to church. All churches are building the kingdom, Christ's kingdom on this earth. Oh, hogwash, we are not. If we are, we're doing a lousy job. Do you think that's what we're doing? Are are you tempted to run out and buy a lion and a lamb and make them lay down together? Is that what you're trying to do? That's what the kingdom's gonna be like when Jesus comes back. When he sets it up, an actual every every nature of an of an animal and an individual and the earth itself, it's all gonna change. That's not what's happening right now. Have we forgotten the real reason that God spared nations? Have we forgotten the real reason? Why God spared nations? It is only in response to the sanctification of his people. Pharaoh was blessed because of Joseph, not because Pharaoh was so smart. The man that he lived with for a while, he even knew, God's blessing me because of Joseph. He knew that. We have forgotten some things. God is not looking for at least 10 people, 10 just people. To save Sodom and Gomorrah. That word is not in that story at all. He's looking for 10 righteous people. Right living people. Lot was already saved. We're facing a peculiar type of Christianity in this generation. By that I mean this. As long as one says, I know Jesus, I know God, or I go to church, that's all we care about. We don't care about much of anything else. Today's call themselves Christian can drink. Their best friends are lost sinners living in sin. You don't have to attend church to be a good Christian anymore. You don't have to carry a Bible, dress like the unsaved people, listen to any kind of music you want to You don't have to go by the advice of the preacher. He's just a good, nice old guy. We destroy people's lives on the internet and justify it. As though God can't see or hear what we're doing. Are you serious? In churches, rock and roll, rap, Christian music, Christian music. Well, then why can't we drink Christian beer, smoke Christian dope? All you do put the word Christian on there, we're okay, right? So we can rap and come close to cussing as long as we say the man. That's Christian, right? Doesn't make any difference how the how the females living or how she dresses up there or how she's dancing like people from the world. I was going to say one of the biggest whores that I know that are singing, but I didn't want to say that. From what I understand, just sang at the Super Bowl and tells everybody she's a Christian. Wow, I'm totally confused now. I have no idea what a Christian is then. If I'm going by her illustration, by her example, by her, I have no idea what a Christian is then. Understand, the world does not know this. They're watching us. They're watching them. And the devil has done a great job by confusing people in that you can live this way, listen this way, drink what you want, talk the way you want to, and you're still just a fine Christian too because you said so. I want you to go to Exodus. Go backward if you're still in Joshua. Go backward to Exodus. Right after Genesis. Exodus chapter number 19. It must be a shock to a lot of people to walk into a church like this and hear me. And so I watch them as they look around to see if, do you really agree with this guy? That's why men ought to amen. And women need to shake their head so they won't think we can get in here. Look, we've had Mormons try to get in here. We've had Jehovah's Witnesses try to get in here. We've had people come in here and pass out their material, never even asked, just passed it out. And by the way, when I finally said, What do you do? You can't do here. They never come back again. That's weird, isn't it? In, Ecclesi- in Ecclesiastes, in Exodus chapter 19, look at verse number 9. And all the people answered together and said, all that the Lord hath spoken, we will do. And Moses returned the words of the people unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Moses, Lo, I am come unto thee in the thick of the cloud, that the people may hear when I speak unto thee, and believe thee forever. And Moses told the words of the, of, of the people to the Lord. Yeah, Moses told the words of the people unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go unto the people and sanctify them day until now God's getting ready to talk to his people and he said look before we get started they need to sanctify themselves they need to sanctify themselves in verse number 10 that's what he said the Lord said unto Moses go to the people leader and sanctify them today and tomorrow and let them wash their clothes sanctified means cause to be clean ceremonially and morally So not just I'm right with God and I know, no, morally, morally also. It also means set aside as sacred. That's why I don't let your kids play in this church. This is sacred. I don't mean we worship it. I mean it's been set aside for a particular use and it's not a playground. You said they're not hurting anything. They're hurting me and they're not going to do it. So what's he saying here? Sanctified means as holy and purified and clean. Now we go from here and the same Israelites came to a place where they had no flesh to eat and they had no meat at all. And they pleaded with God to provide them flesh to eat. We find out in Numbers, if you're in Exodus, Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Numbers chapter 11, verse number 18. The very first thing God said, okay, I'll provide meat. Guess what he told them to do first? Sanctify yourself. Sanctify. I'm getting ready to work among you. You're going to sanctify yourself. Watch what he says. Numbers chapter 11, verse 18. And say thou unto the people, sanctify yourselves against tomorrow, and ye shall eat flesh. And he goes on from there. And the people wept in the ears of the Lord, saying, who shall give us flesh to eat? And they tempted the Lord. But understand what I'm after here is this. The first thing, God, we've lit, we've left this part out of our Christianity You know why? Because the flesh, the world, and the devil wants everything to be common. Not a peculiar people anymore. Not a kingly priesthood. Not an example to the world. Because that irritates people. We need to all kind of get along. Now we come to find out, go to Joshua chapter number three, verse number five. Joshua chapter three, verse number five. Now they stand before Jordan, getting ready to cross over. It's time to cross over to the promised land. And he says, God will give you victory. I want you to understand, God's going to give you victory. Guess what he told them to do first, though? Sanctify yourselves. Look in Joshua chapter 3, verse number 5. And Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Every time, we're not done yet. I'm going to give you about a half a dozen more of these examples. Every time before God shows himself, talks to his people, or begins to lead them in victory, one of the very first things he says is, leader, tell the people to sanctify themselves. Remember what sanctify means. It means set aside for a holy use. Set aside, clean, morally, ceremonially. That's what God wants. God hasn't changed his mind about this at all. Again, they're getting ready to enter in the promised land. And you know what happened? They just crossed over, they take Jordan, and then they run into what? AI. God looked at the leader and said, Why are you praying? When you know what God already says, stop your praying. There's no sense praying about it. When God says, Girls, guys, don't date unbelievers, there's no sense praying to, I'm praying that God will give me a light on that. God's already giving you a light on it. You don't need to. We're forfeiting our young people yes. yeah. like animals to the world yeah. because they throw a fit.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I never have any fun. Yeah, well, you're never going to either, so get over it. You give way into way too much to, to, right. to, to your kids yeah. like yeah. preachers giving into their people. Right. Yeah. Well, I. I So they entered in the promised land. Look in Joshua chapter 7 verse 13. You're in Joshua chapter 3 verse 5. Look in Joshua chapter 7 verse 13. Before they're going to get victory, sin entered in. So sin has come in the camp. Now God told them, said, here's what you need to do to get victory. Very first thing he told them to do, sanctify the people. Sanctify the people. Look at verse number 13, chapter 7. Up, sanctify the people and say, sanctify yourselves against tomorrow. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, there is an accursed thing in the midst. Get the sin out from among you. Make yourselves holy again. Set yourself aside for my use. Ladies and gentlemen, you're safe for God to use you, not for you to do what you want to do. Come to find out later on in their history, the Ark of the Covenant is gone from Israel. It's gone. God wants to have it returned. But guess what he says first before that's going to happen. Go, if you would, to 1 Chronicles chapter 15. 1 Chronicles chapter 15. First thing he told them was, you need to sanctify the people. I'm not going to use a bunch of people who just meet together and are as bad as the world is. And this is what's happening to our churches. This is what's happening with the way we dress, the way we act, what we think we have a right to drink, what we have we think we have a right to listen to. Listen to me. Well, we can't have any fun. You're here in the battlefield. Do you understand that? You talk this way and new people come in. What's wrong with the church? There's a battle going on. There's war around here. Folks, where you been? You've been going to churches that just told you it's kind of like the yellow brick road. We're all just having fun. We'll meet the wizard one day. And in the meantime, we're the lollipop kids. The ark of Israel's gone. And in First Chronicles chapter 15, verse number 12, and say unto them, Ye are the chief fathers of the Levites. So now he's talking to leaders. Sanctify yourself, both you and your brothers, right. that ye may bring the ark of the Lord. We need God's presence in the Baptist yes, Church. Yes, you don't need a guy up front who's just funny and cute. Both of those, but it's not what you need. We need to know that God's favor is upon us and this place. We need to know that. So here he's telling them, sanctify yourselves. Now we find out again under King Ahaz, there's been a terrible apostasy. I mean, an apostasy is what's going on among New Baptists today. Apostasy simply means a departing from one's belief and cause. A departing from one's belief and cause. That's apostasy. And these second and third generation spoiled brats that grew up thinking that somehow God and everybody owes them something so they're not going in the same direction. And dads and moms gave in. A lot of of moms and dads and preachers have been destroyed because they love those kids so much, they changed to try to win it and it didn't work. It killed their churches. So what happened? God raises up a good king by the name of Hezekiah. Hezekiah brings revival about. And by the way, you'll find out when these really good kings got in power, they cleaned house, man. They went to the groves and burned them down, tore it all up. They, they knocked over every idol, ran every homosexual out of town. You know that Swami guy who was running for president? Yeah, You ever hear him preaching? Uh, I'm sorry, uh, giving a speech? Man, he's talked about homosexuals and how they shouldn't even be in this country. And I'm thinking, whoa. I'm surprised he's not dead yet. So that's what he said. Watch what he says. Go to 2 Chronicles. You're in 1 Chronicles? Go to 2 Chronicles 29.5. Hezekiah said, we're going to clean this place up, and one of the first things we're going to do, we're going to sanctify the people unto God. But watch what happens. 2 Chronicles chapter 29, verse number 5. And said unto them, hear ye, ye Levites, sanctified. Now, now he's talking to the spiritual leaders and sanctify the house of the Lord of your fathers. you know how this thing's supposed to work? Now get that thing back in line like it's supposed to be, dedicated unto me, and let's get this show on the road again. Folks, listen to me. We have a great spirit because I think like David, used to throw me all the time, I'd hear about David, and David was a man after God's own heart, and I thought, how can that be? How can it be? The guy was a murderer. He killed his best friend and then had an adulterous affair with her, had an illegitimate child. And the Bible said David was a man after my own heart. And he used to confuse me and I used to think, how can that be? How can that be? You listen to me carefully. This line that a lot of backslidden Christians want to use, well, God knows my heart. God does know your heart. See, God doesn't just look on the outward appearance. He does. But you see, we've gotten so used to, don't I look good as a Christian? Can't say anything wrong, right? If it's good. And God said, I look on the heart. I look on the heart. So, Second Chronicles nine five. Hear ye, Levites, sanctify yourselves and sanctify the house of God your Father and carry forth the filthiness out of the holy place. These buildings, this one in particular, has been set aside for the service of God. We're not under the law, but we have made things so, look, it's just a building. Oh, no, 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 it's not just a building. You mean to tell me you coughed up thousands of dollars just for a building? Well, that was stupid. I wouldn't do that. I did it for the cause of Christ. I did it because this is the place where God planted us. I'm not doing this to be seen. I'm doing it so hopefully he'll be seen. And one of the things that nobody will ever see Christ in is when there's filthiness in God's house. I understand all about Christian growth and I understand people are learning on all, I got all that. But what is none of your business is to tell me what I should preach and when I should preach and how I ought to go. That is none of your business. You can smile if you want. Again, Second Chronicles 35. Then comes the worst apostasy, Manasseh and Ammon. God raises up a very, very young king by the name of Josiah. Great guy. Great guy. You read about this kid, and I'll tell you what he did. I think he was like, what, eight or something? Eight years old, and he was the king of a country, God's people. He said, little kid doesn't know. I know. So you know what he did? He relied upon the preacher. I mean, he hung around him like he was his dad. See, all you people running around here without a father, trying to figure it out on your own. What, what are you doing? Every hole that the world has put in your life, God said, I've got something that fits in there. But what do we do? We decide to go on the job and find our best friend. We decide to go to our relatives and ask their opinion instead of God's man on what we should do. So here we come to find out the worst kind of, so Josiah, he comes on there and brings a great revival, a great revival. But the first thing there must come, sanctifying of God's people. You're not gonna have revival. I don't care how much you fake it with, with smoke and laser lights and rock and roll bands and some old preacher that doesn't even remember what he's saying half the time, which is kind of becoming me. But here's what he says. Second Chronicles chapter 35, verse number six. So kill the Passover and sanctify yourselves. And prepare your brethren that they may do according to the word of the Lord by the hand of Moses. This is God's word. It is not meant to be changed, rearranged, and it never disagrees with itself. So whenever you have an angel dream, and I can't find it in the Bible, Someone's been deceived or lying, one or the other. Yeah, yeah, right. Nobody went to hell and came back to warn the world for Jesus oh, Christ. No yeah, such no. thing. Never happened. Oh, oh. You go to hell, you stand there forever. Yeah, you get now. Preacher, how can you say that? Well, actually, I didn't. The Bible does. Yeah, right. yeah. Again, before we get to preaching, this all introduction. Yeah, yeah. Go to Second Chronicles chapter seven, verse fourteen. Very, very famous verse among fundamentalists, but I'm not sure we understand it. 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. you know this one? Yeah. If my people? Yeah. See, we can quote it, but we never stop to really think about it. Right. Yeah. When the temple was being dedicated, God wanted his people sanctified before the dedication. Yeah. So guess what he said? Yeah. If my people, which are called by my name, what's the first thing he said to do? Humble, humble. humble yourself. Nobody can make you humble now. Well, God can. He can, he can humiliate you. Yeah. But there's always humility before honor shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and, don't stop there, turn from their wicked way. You know what wickedness is? Wickedness, a wicked person is a person living in active sin. We think all the words are entered evil, uh, evil, um, um, sin, uh, wickedness. It's all basically the same thing. No, it's not. They carry different meanings. They all carry different meanings. Wicked, a wicked person is a person actively living in sin. I don't care if it's a Christian or a sinner. Actively, actively living in sin. What are you doing running around with people actively? When two people are living together, not married, I don't know how to break the news. For you. That's actively living yeah. in sin. I don't care how much they love each other. It's not right. Folks, folks, we're either gonna try our best to live by the Bible, or let's just throw it to the side and start acting like a lot of new Baptists. They're not fundamentalists anymore. Quit thinking my kids are in another church, I'll go to be with it. What in the world are you doing? One of these days when they finally want to get right, you've changed too. Now what are they gonna do? People come here and they go, like, okay, you know, you have changed a bit. I I, I don't know if they're <laughs> saying that's a bad thing or a good thing. I take it as a good thing. Well, thank you very much. One girl came back and said, I knew you'd still be yelling and screaming about the truth. You know what I said? Thank you very much. That's very kind of you. I wasn't embarrassed about it at all. America needs a miracle. By a miracle, I mean a touch of God's hand. Voting is important. You have one vote. This country will not be spared the judgment of God's hand by the ballot box. Not going to happen. So let me ask you a question. Are you more concerned about jobs and getting your way? Or the will of God? For your country? What are you most concerned about? You see, we need Red Sea departed. We need it. We need Jericho's walls to fall down. That's what we need. I mean, something big. I mean, we we're in a mess, folks. I don't have how to break the news to you. It's not just out there. It's now infiltrated our churches to where you've got born again Christians agreeing with things that the world thinks is right and wrong. Now, you hear them arguing all the time. Well, I don't care what our preacher says. I, I think I got a friend down at work. He's not saved, a guy's smoking dope, he's running around, whoring around like somebody, like some animal somewhere, and you're listening to him. If America is to be saved, it'll be saved because of the direct intervention by God in a response to the sanctification of God's people. God's not working for a lot of people because we're not living right. We say we are. But remember, God knows the heart. God knows what you do when you're not here. God knows what you think while I'm preaching like this. Yeah, amen, preaching. And the whole time you're thinking, this guy is stupid. What's he talking about? God already knows. God already knows. America needs help. Remember, sanctified, caused to be clean. My job is to help the washing of the water by the word. you know what that means? Keeping yourself clean by the word. My job is to help keep you clean by preaching the word of God. I am not a very good preacher, leader, father, whatever. If I let you do what you want, as long as you like me, that's all I care about. You talk about a hypocrite. You talk about a person that does not care about you Is somebody that actually thinks or knows you're not doing right and does not try to help you or straighten you out to get you back to God where you need to be. I would, I would not attend a church like that. I'm a Bible-believing, Baptist, fundamentalist. I'm not about ready to change any of that. The troubles in our nation are not mainly because of homosexuals and lesbians, though that's an abomination in the sight of God. That's not the big problem. It's not racial divides purposely agitated by political interest groups. You know why some of you feel the way you do? Because of lost people making you want to think the way they want you to murderous pushing of the ungodly, unholy, kill the unborn. It is murderous, it's ungodly. For those of you that were caught up in the world before you got saved, God has forgiven you. Child still died, but now you know better. Don't ever agree with somebody. The problem is not the violent, can't-be-controlled, young, illiterate, wild, filthy teens and young adults that are terrorizing our cities. That's not the main problem. See, the news is causing you to think in certain directions. Well, if it wasn't for these kids out in the... That's not what's causing... That's a problem. That's not the big problem. Nations are spared when God's people become sanctified. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Wait a minute, we're not done. And turn from the, then, then what you call that is sanctification. God looks for 10 righteous people to spare Sodom and Gomorrah. That's what he was looking for. 10 righteous, not just 10 saved people. He's looking for a covenant of salt. If you will, he's looking for Gideon's 300 that will sell out to God. God's not looking for big crowds yet. That's what we want. I want a big crowd only so I can preach the truth to them. I don't want a big, look, folks, I really don't care about me. It doesn't make a bit of difference, but I don't want my testimony to injure the cause of Christ. He looks for those who will come out from among them and be a separate, saith the Lord. Second Corinthians chapter number 6. God will intervene and spare our nation when Christians just wake up, yeah, yeah. folks. What do you do? Do you, we stay seventy-five hours a day? Is that what you do? No, you're bored. I used to tell people all the time, fall asleep in church. As far as I'm concerned, it's a sin. Brother David Chris used to all the time when David was little. I make him stand up preaching. He falls asleep in church. That was his daddy. To his, to his son. He'd stand up and cry. He wouldn't let him fall down. Wouldn't let him, wouldn't let him go to sleep. You're staying awake. You're going to do what the preacher says. He seems to be doing okay for now. Okay, he's got toothpicks underneath his eyes. Hold him up. But God will intervene and spare our nation when his people, not the world, when his people decide to become sanctified, set aside for his use. So the devil tries to cause problems in our life. And by problem, some of us, we are advancing financially materially. And you think everything's okay because you're not whoring around. You're not smoking dope. You're not drinking beer. You're not cussing. Do you know how much the Bible, did you say sorry? Oh, okay. Okay, David, will hit the altar. Uh, do, do you understand? If the devil can't get you this way, he'll run around the back door and come in that way. Dad, if he can't get you to stop living for God the way you're supposed to, he'll still get to you through your wife. Yeah. Yeah. Too many of you guys listening to your wife. And then other times, you won't listen to him. He yeah. preacher, which one do you want me to do? Get some discernment and wisdom. I'm talking about God's called preachers and his deacons and his older saints and his younger saints and, and, and teenagers returning to Bible fundamentalism again. Baptist fundamentalism. One can sense a coldness flowing through our church services. When's the last time you visited another church? Now hey, you want to do that on Thursday night, Sunday morning or Sunday You're already tied in. Even in our church, if we're not careful. When certain sins are mentioned. Gluttony is a sin. Homosexuality is a sin. Rebellion against parents is a sin. It's not an opinion. It's not a I just don't see that it's a sin. The Bible said rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. There's a coldness that seems to flow across the auditorium. When certain sins and worldliness is mentioned. When certain topics and phrases and words are brought up. Those that are ungodly religious crowd. And now you don't amen. Now we're embarrassed so we just sit silent and stare. They tell me it's true. It just should be phrased different, preacher. You can attract more flies with honey. That kind of talk makes me sick. Show me where Moses used honey. John the Baptist was sure a honey spreader, wasn't he? Well, what about John the Beloved? He preached the gospel. He stood for Christ. He did what this Bible, he didn't make up his own lovey-dovey type of reaching the world. He didn't do that kind of stuff. That attitude, that that kind of message doesn't send forth a positive message of acceptance by the world. I'm not preaching to the world. I'm preaching to God's people. Church, church is, most preachers don't even understand this. Church is not for sinners. Church is for God's people.
1: Amen.
0: Once you get saved, where are you supposed to come out from among them? And be you separate? Your home and church. Only other places in this Amen. world. And so, what we have done is included the world into our church. Now, where do we go? He yeah. said, Preacher, what about the tie? You listen to me. I'm going to hang every one of you guys with those ties. Till the day I'm out of here. Then you can dress the you want to. You can undo your shirt and let that one hair stick out. You wear all the gold chains you want to. You can get goofy hair. I've never seen such stupid looking men in my life comb your hair this way. Get the point? I don't understand. Grown men on TV combing their hair this way. What is that all about? I'll tell you what it's about fitting into the world. Fitting into the world. We are not supposed to be conformed to the fashion of this world. Listen to me now, help with kids. Listen to me. You say, preach that's very offensive in our modern society. Good. How are they going to know anything's wrong if we keep agreeing and change it with them? get it through your head and into your heart we are not here to fit into the world churches are not supposed to be fitting into their community look at our communities they're a mess I'm not here to fit into that and I'm not going to accept you for what you are I will accept you for where you are and then take you where you need to be living in adultery Well, we love each other though. I really don't care. It's still called drunkard. My dad was a drunkard. He did not have a disease, he did not have a fault. He was a drunkard. That's the word the Bible, that's the word God used (laughs) sodomy. It's not gay, it's not gay. Look at me. Those of you who go to public school right now, you better about really choke because they've taught you the exact opposite. God called it sodomy. You know why? Because it started in a place, or it was acknowledged in a huge way in a place called Sodom and Gomorrah. And that's not the only place it's talked about. Worldly people say, oh, it talked about that one place in the Bible. Oh, no, it does not. God's right kings got rid of it as soon as they took over. Well, they're nice people. did doing filthy, ungodly against God stuff. Hey, Mormons are nice people. Let's go to church there. Preacher, what do you got against them? They're nice people. I'll tell you what I got against them. It's totally against God's word. That's what I got against them. They may be nice people. I don't know that. The only reason you don't hate me when I talk about queers and homosexuals and stuff is because you have a friend in the family. You got a close friend somewhere, and you just don't think I should be that harsh. Listen to me carefully. When Josiah got in there, he tore down. Can you imagine going around down here to the to the Catholic uh, uh, um, what is it um, hospital, um, Mount Carmel, and they used to have a statue of Mary out there, like this. I used to put tracks in her hand. She's standing there just like, okay, there you go, put a track in her hand. People go by and do this all the time. What in the world are you doing? You say, well, no, I'm not praying to Mary. How come you bowed down in front of that statue? Now, before you get to feeling too good about yourself, what about us as Baptists? you give in to family members that could care less about your church, could care less about the King James Bible. They want you to live like they are so they can feel better about themselves. Misery loves company. They don't want us using words like word of knowledge. You don't have word of knowledge. Why do I need the word of knowledge? I have the words of knowledge. I don't get, you fall for this stuff because you don't know your Bible very well. Now, you in this church, you know better than that because I've taught you better than that. Fake healing. Right? Ready? Y'all ready to fall over? <sighs> wow, you see the power in that guy's breath. I smelt the power in that guy's breath. Why are you so taken with that? I'm preaching to you the word of God, and you sit there and stare at me. Some guy comes up who's got his hair combed this way. And all of a sudden, you're like, wow, did you, how did he know that? Because he's got people in the crowd that are cheating and feeding him information. And whether I know that or not, if he's not preaching Bible, he's a liar. Worldly music in and out of church. See, you're drawing a dividing line now, aren't you? Well, I wouldn't do that in church. Oh, you left God there? He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never." Leave. You took him with you, whether you acknowledge that or not. He's in your home watching what you're watching. He listened to what you're listening to, what you thought you left him at church, and now you think Sunday morning's good enough for anybody. Rules to follow in church before holding a job here. Ready? Yep. Yep. With all of this doctrine and foolishness going on among religious people, I'm going to let somebody walk in off the street and start working right off the bat. We think I'm crazy. You see all these little kids around here? All these young couples that are just learning what is right and wrong in their family, and I'm going to let some yo-yo walk in off the street, or female yo-yo it walk in off the street and give them a job to watch over. I just made that up. (laughs) Not tithing and giving offerings is robbing God. It's not selfishness. It's robbing God. It is robbing God. You miss a week, you make it up. You don't forget it. Your church, that you come here and amen and love these people and run around with them. And if you're not giving right here, what in the world are you thinking of? I can't afford to. You can't afford not to. I don't need your money. God doesn't need your money. What he's after is your heart. And by you squeezing George Washington to death. That's on a $1 bill, by the way. I don't even know what's on it. What's Grant on? How do you know that? He's loaded. This guy makes a lot of money. (laughs) Folks, I'm not saying let's not stand against the abortion crowd. We should. We should. I, I just never thought I'd see the day when women, mother some of them, marching down the street saying, I have a right to kill my baby. But see, they don't use those words, do they? I guess it's a tissue now. Boy, it really fried him the other day, though, didn't it? When artificial insemination, you know, they got those embryos frozen. And a judge came out and said, those are real human beings. That fried him. Yeah. Man, I'm I'm eating my rice krispies, having a great time. Listen to that one. <laughs> Same sex relationships, abomination in sight of God.
1: Oh, yeah. right. yeah. right. yeah.
0: You said, preach you're mad at me no, I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at what the world has taught us. Yeah, right. You didn't you didn't learn that from God. Right. Look at me, look at you young people listen to me. Every generation that goes by gets weaker and more worldly. We don't take a greater stand for God. Somebody has convinced us let your little light shine. Man get a blowtorch going. Evolution's a lie. I can't believe I can't believe the way they're still pushing that. It took about 3 or 4 generations and now all of our young people that went to public school, which I wouldn't send my dog to public school. Yeah accept it as fact they accept theory as fact I was listening to a program the other day first thing I started off with was uh, billions of years ago and I thought where'd you get that from but see we just accept it anything we don't know how to explain if you simply put billions of years how am I supposed to argue against that they're the scientists they ought to know then why aren't they going by fact instead of theory All so-called Bibles are the Bible. No, it's not. Now, your granny shows up here, and she's a Catholic. and has an NIV Bible. And all of a sudden, you want me to back away. It says Baptist right on the sign. You knew that from the day you come in here, and I'm not a Baptist, so don't be putting pressure on me or stare at me when I hit on things. That you say, preacher, you know I'm doing that. That's why I'm preaching on it. Yeah. What kind of a friend would know that you're dying of cancer? And say, I don't we'll tell him"? What kind of a friend is that? World Council at churches. Had a lady come here oh, all the way from, I think it was Connecticut, your home state. Where you from, Delaware? been that one. <laughs> Her adult son of 30-some years old in the storefront got saved. I mean, hit the altar. Boo-hoo, cried. Was married, had two beautiful kids, beautiful wife. He called his mom, told her. Oh, she called the preacher. Mommy's going to stick up for her baby, a 30-some-year-old architect, engineer, who on his own made a decision. Nobody drug him to the altar. Nobody would ever put their arm around him and talk to him. In his, they didn't do that. So she said, I need to come down and meet with you. I said, fine, where are you at? She goes, Connecticut. Okay. Well, I didn't have an office at the time, so she had to come to my house. Showed up in my house. Come on in. She didn't bring her Bible. But you see, I like to do a little bit of research before I talk to somebody. So I did. We got to talking. Well, let me get to the point, she said. You know how intelligent hypocrites act. And she said, "Um, what's about my son? I said, well, ma'am, he came to the altar, he got saved. No, he didn't. I said, well, yeah, he didn't. No, he didn't. He was born a Catholic. I said, no, ma'am, that doesn't happen. Oh, yes, it does too. I said, no, it doesn't either. (laughs) I said, by the way, let me ask you a question. You're Catholic? I certainly am. I said, it's my understanding that Peter was the first pope. Is that true? Oh, yes, that's true. I said, huh? It's also my understanding that popes are not allowed to be married. Is that true? Yes, that's in the Bible. First of all, it's not. And I said, well, that's odd because in the Bible, it talks about Peter's mother-in-law. Now, maybe it's just me. Is it possible to have a mother-in-law without being married? Okay, that's a problem. So it doesn't teach that marriage is an eternal virgin. Yes, it does. I said, well, that's odd. I don't know how a woman could be an eternal virgin that after she has Jesus, she had six or seven other kids. You know, She just kept telling me, I don't think that's in the Bible. So I proved something else. I just don't think that's in the Bible. I said, ma'am, listen to me. Beads aren't in the Bible. That's not in the Bible. Praying people out of purgatory. Purgatory is not. Oh, yes, it is too, she said. It's in my Bible. I don't know about yours, but it's in my Bible. I said, ma'am, I know something about the Catholic Bible. It's not even in there.
1: Oh, right.
0: Yes, it is. In the back, there's a concordance of definitions. It's in there. Definitions. It says right there. Purgatory. She thought that was part of the Bible. <laughs> Evidently, you do too, because you you're not catching on to this. Well, isn't it, preacher? No, it's not. Amen. Chapters, headings, division those aren't in the Bible either. man put those in there for our help. Purgatory's not in the Bible. Amen. Finally, she got up. and She said, "I disagree with you." I said, "No, ma'am, you don't disagree with me. You disagree with God. Not a thing I can do." By the way, she finally won him over. About two or three months later, he never come back again. She hounded him until he just changed his mind. You know, women are good at that. If my wife was here right now, she'd be going, See, I've been at this a long time. United Nations is of the devil.
1: You know,
0: the first time I heard about the United Nations, I have to understand I'm almost 73 years old. I heard about that and I went, that doesn't sound right. Because when I got saved, they were taught about how nations are going to come together and the Antichrist is going to rule over them. And I'm thinking, okay, you they're bringing all these nations together. And everybody thinks that's a good thing. Goofy Christians. I don't care how much I warn them about the Internet, about being connected. You know what they say? Well, everybody's doing it anyway. Oh, well, that makes it Okay. By the way, that same lady that came here to help her little boy that was 30-some years old, she said, I checked on you. You're not a real church. I said, okay. I said, why not? I went by your location. We were in the storefront at the time. You have no stained glass windows. Well, that's, yeah, wow. I don't want to tell you, we still don't. And she said, "We." Che- I checked with the Ohio Council of Churches, and you're not a part of it. That poor, blind, lost, religious person has no idea what she's talking about. And the sadder part than that, there are Baptists sitting in churches like this one that say, I go to church. They don't know their Bible. They're not separated from, from the Lord. They have no impact on the world. And yet we'll amen and criticize them. And we, and we should. They're not right. It's not right at all. if we're to bring this nation back to God, before we can have revival, before there can be salvation of our nation, God's people, us, must squarely face the issue of salvation of America and what's it gonna take. Or, as long as it doesn't bother me, I don't live in that kind of neighborhood. I don't act. So somehow, I guess we live in a different nation. Just coming to a theater near you. It's infiltrating every neighborhood. Yeah. Oh, you thought I was talking about gangs and drugs. No, I'm talking about God's people not living for God anymore. We would much rather be accepted by the worldly crowd and get their permission of right and what we're doing Because we don't like people going, you folks are crazy. And that guy there, he's got a bad attitude. And you went, yeah, well, I know he does. It's called hard preaching. There's no such thing as hard preaching. The Bible does talk about the hardened heart. God's people. The deliverance from God's wrath upon our nation will be brought about only by God Almighty. When God's people. Up and sanctify themselves. It's time to clean up. It's time to clean up. Or let America go to hell. Let the next generation. I'm not going to be here. I don't really fear for me at all. I really don't. Maybe I should. I don't. I fear for that little girl right there. We are ushering in a country that's going to eat them up and spit them out and could care less. As long as people like us. I'd rather you hate me and get right with God. Sanctify. Cause to be clean. I hold preachers responsible. I really do. I've talked with preachers. They have no idea why they're on this earth have no idea what their church is all about. Yeah. Well, you know, we were trying to get more of the world into our church. And what are you doing? Where's that in the Bible? Right. 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 Well, we kind of, you know how teenagers are. They need their music. Oh, I'm God. sorry. The music's not for us. It's for him. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. not yeah. for us. Yeah. 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 I've had people walk away from preach I like your preaching, but the music just didn't do anything for me. Uh-huh. 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 Young lady was in here this morning. We were singing uh, to God be the glory. was dancing. I said, how can you dance to to God be the glory? My mom taught me to dance. That's just what I do. What? Is this what we've run into? It's a great place to be. I fully do not understand why financially we cannot. God's trying to show us something. God's trying to teach us something. And it may be up, sanctified. It's not up to me. I'm preaching what I believe we ought to do. I will do what I'm preaching to you. It saddens me in my heart. I know a lot of people watch and listen. Actually, I I don't pay much attention to what goes on there. A lot of the people that have left this church and said, I'm going somewhere else, they're not there either. Preachers thought they were getting a great deal, and at first it looked that way. They knew how to run buses, win souls, organize, how to dress, how to act. You know where they learned that? Here. It's not long. They're not there. Ge- geographical location is not changing the person. And it saddens me in my heart because they're either sitting in a church doing nothing or they're not in church at all. That's not what God wants. And it ought to bother us to no end that people that we worked with here, one people, ran bus routes, Sunday school, junior church, cleared land, built buildings, got duped into believing what I've been preaching to you about tonight. Rather be liked and change direction than to say, like Jesus on the day he died, nobody was there. We're just not gonna do that. Hey, preacher, you know, I want my family to like me. I want my family to like me. Can't you like me? There you go. I got my family liking me. But it's so much easier to compromise and just. Well, they don't know any better. No, but you do. Yeah, you know better. Yeah. 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 You wives could putting pressure on your husband for trying to take a stand. It's hard to do. Yeah. Well, honey, don't need to be that mean about it. What do you want him to do? Be a milk toast, noodle back, oh, yeah. huh? What do you What do you want him to do? What What do you want? Out there? I know what you Come on. want. Yeah. Come on. You want a man on a chain, oh, yeah, oh, hill boy. Takes a stand, just jerk that chain. Honey, we talked about this. Well, well, huh. It's hard to take a stand for Christ. And yeah, well, shame on the woman or the children in a family yeah. or in a church yeah, okay. that would try to pull a man down from taking a stand for yeah. right. So you don't say it's not because you stand for right, it's the way you say it. So, how many churches have you built? How many other people do you watch over? How many of you have to answer to God for other families? So really you don't know what you're talking about. You're following the world. Now you listen to me. Up. Sanctify yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will, if they didn't do that, the Lord wouldn't going to do anything. When God's people, which are called by my name, shall humble himself defending yourself. Get off your high horse and realize God wants to use you, but you're unusual right now. Seek my face. Right there. Quit making stuff up. Turn from your wicked way. Then I'll hear from heaven.